Hey there, and welcome back to the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Daphna Chazen, and today I'm bringing you a bonus episode. This is a recording of a Facebook Live session I recently did in my PCOS Insiders group. What I do is I go live there every week to discuss a topic related to PCOS and answer members' questions around healthy eating, nutrition, weight management, and reducing PCOS symptoms. If you'd like to get in on the action and be a part of this group, please head over to Facebook and search PCOS Insiders. I would love to see you there. All right, let's get into today's show. Hey there, guys. How are you? Daphna here. I hope you can hear me and see me okay. I just went live like three times and I think I was talking to myself. So hopefully you can hear me and see me now and we're all good. I'm here to talk about keto today and this has become my favorite thing to do, going live in this group, making sure that you guys are all taken care of and um, kind of answering your questions and all that. So I'm really excited to be here and I'm going to talk about keto today, explain what it is. This is a hot topic and keto is here to stay. So I know that you want to know about it. I, you submitted some smart questions that we're going to talk about and Even though I don't love keto for PCOS, I don't think it's a great idea, and I'm going to share three reasons why. I'm going to tell you that if you choose to go keto, I want to support you. So I'm going to help you do it in the best way possible, the healthiest way possible. There is a way where it could work. I'm going to tell you the reasons why I don't love it, but if you do decide to go and follow a ketogenic diet, there are ways to do it that are going to be healthy, and you can do well. Now, the research is showing all kinds of different things, so I'm going to mention some about that, some things about that, and I'm going to also tell you some of the ways that you can tweak a ketogenic diet to make it healthier. So let's get started by talking about what it is. What is a ketogenic diet? So basically, not every low-carb diet is a keto diet, and that's really important to know. A ketogenic diet is a diet that's very low in carbohydrates, and we're talking super low. So we're talking even limiting vegetables like broccoli or Brussels sprouts because they do have some amount of carbohydrates. So it's a pretty strict diet as far as carbs go, and some people follow a plan that has less than 20 grams per day, which is really little. It's very, very little. So when you think about a slice of bread, that has about 15 grams. So if you eat a slice of bread, you're almost at the max amount of carbs that you can eat in your day if you're following a strict keto diet. Now, the carbs are just one part of it. A true ketogenic diet is also super high in fat. And that's the part that I think a lot of people don't realize is it's not just about the carbohydrates. It's about the fact that when you're following a ketogenic diet, you're eating about 75% of your calories from fat. So we're eating things like, of course, meat, a lot of steak, ribs, sausages, cream cheese, cheese, um, mayo, all of those things, butter, all of the things that are super high in fat because most of the calories need to come from fat. So it's a low carb, really high fat, and a moderate protein diet. So it's actually not the same as something like Atkins, which is only a low carb, high protein diet. So I just wanted to draw that distinction. It's really important to understand not every low carb is a ketogenic diet. Now, why is the ketogenic diet so popular? What's the big deal about it? Well, Usually, under normal circumstances, the body is going to use carbohydrates for energy. So when we eat our regular diet, the body is going to prefer to burn those carbs for energy and use them up to keep us going and alive. 
in a ketogenic diet, what we're doing is we're essentially starving the body of carbs. So we're forcing it to go into the storage, which is we have a little warehouse in our body called the liver. This is where all extra carbs are stored. So at night when we're sleeping and hopefully we're not eating that much, because it's not good to eat at night, guys. But if we're out, um, sleeping and our body wants to keep blood sugar stable, it's going to tap into the glycogen stores. Those are the stores of carbs in the liver and use that up. So think about a shed that's full of boxes. Those are your carbohydrates that are stored in the liver. When we're going keto, we're actually forcing the body to empty the shed. We're emptying out the warehouse and we're using up all of those extra carbs for energy. Now, if I'm not eating any more carbs, nothing else is coming in, that warehouse is going to get low, right? It's going to get depleted. And when the liver is depleted of carbs, the body is forced to start using fat and protein for energy. So this is why keto is so, so popular because people start burning off fat relatively quickly after they go through something called the keto flu. So you may have heard that it takes a little while to get into the ketosis stage, um, and that could be a little brutal, right? So you could see headaches and it's not called the keto flu for no reason. So you can see a lot of fatigue and feeling faint and feeling irritable. So it's not for people who need to be like functioning at a high level all the time because the keto flu is rough. But once someone goes through the keto flu and they're fine and they're adapted, okay, they're used to the ketogenic plan. Now they start burning fat and people report feeling really great. Now that's all good and fine, but here's the problem. When we're starting to burn off fat, well, let's first talk about why someone would lose a lot of weight in the beginning of a ketogenic diet. So usually people will go on keto and within two weeks, they're losing like 10, 12, sometimes 20 pounds, crazy amounts of weight. And for a lot of people, that's really motivating. And they're like, wow, this is working. This is amazing. I got to do this. This is the only way for me to lose weight which is not uncommon for women with PCOS because many women with PCOS, as you all know, struggle with weight. So if you're seeing something that works so quickly and the numbers are so big, it's motivating, it's encouraging, and you're going to start thinking that this is the right way for you. But the reason that people lose a lot of weight in the beginning on a ketogenic diet is that every carb in the body in that storage um, facility that I told you about, which is the liver, is stored with water. So the majority of weight loss in the beginning on a ketogenic diet is all water weight. You're excreting an enormous amount of water when you're going keto. So it's not really true weight loss. So sometimes when we see these big numbers, we're not realizing it's because that when we empty the storage facility, when we empty the liver from carbs, all the water's coming out that it was stored with. All the carbs got stored with water. And when we empty the storage of the liver, we're emptying all the water and that's the true weight loss that's happening, right? So it's not necessarily gonna last. It really doesn't last. And sometimes people, you know, I think get hung up on that a little too much. I've seen it a lot in my practice and I always tell people, it's great you lost seven pounds week, week number one, it's not gonna last. And this is mostly water weight. So let's see what happens next, okay? So we go keto, the body starts burning fat, and we're also, you know, eating a lot of fat in the diet. So we're eating some proteins, we're eating a lot of fat. And sometimes people like that. Sometimes people find that it's easy to stick with. However, I'm going to tell you three reasons why I think this is problematic, specifically for PCOS. 
um, because we're talking about balancing hormones. So anytime you want to heal PCOS, you want to lose weight, you want to reduce your symptoms, you have to focus on those hormones. And keto doesn't do that. Keto is a diet that I think actually can make PCOS worse if it's not done in a very specific way. So let's talk about that. When you're going keto and your diet is made up of, like I said, mayo and a lot of steak and bacon and sausage and cream cheese, and you're eating keto bombs, which are those like little drops of butter and coconut oil and all of that kind of stuff, what you're taking in is a lot of saturated fats. And we know that saturated fats increase insulin resistance. So it's going to make it really hard for someone to balance their blood sugar and balance their insulin if they're on a keto diet that is super high in saturated fat. So in the beginning, blood sugar is going to go down because we're not eating carbs and insulin may go down a little bit. But over time, if you keep eating those saturated fats, and a lot of times keto plans are based on saturated fats. So someone will eat a lot of cream cheese for breakfast with coffee, with butter in it, like a bulletproof coffee, if you've ever heard of that. And then they eat cream sauces and cheese and a lot of steak. That is a super high saturated fat diet. And over time, over the course of several months, it can really increase insulin resistance. And it's going to make it really hard for your body to heal those symptoms. You're not going to be getting you know, any improvement in acne or greasy hair and skin or your period. These are all things that are driven by insulin resistance. So you definitely want to lower insulin resistance and keto with a high saturated fat intake is not a good way to do it. So I really get concerned about that. Now, one tweak that you could be making is go for mostly healthy fats. And when we talk about healthy fats, we're talking about mostly things that come from plants. So things like avocados and nuts and seeds and um, healthy oils like olive oil, fatty fish. So if you were to focus all of your attention on those kinds of fats, and for me, I would like to see you up the carb intake just a little bit. So we're not going to go to 20 grams. That's super low. Maybe we up the carbs to 60 or 80 grams in a day, which I think is more reasonable. I can get behind that. I can support you in a keto plan that's modified in that way. And of course, I help people do that. I tell them exactly how to do it, what to eat, how much, and all that kind of stuff. And if you do that, if you tweak it in that way, I'm okay with a keto diet. I think it can be beneficial. But the way that most people do it is just not correct for PCOS. It's going to make insulin resistance worse, which is number one. Reason number two that I don't like it is that well, it really relates to a lot of different hormones. The first one is cortisol. Anytime we're eating a low-carb diet, the body is going to want to try to increase blood sugar. That's just the natural response of the body. And one really effective way the body knows how to do that is by increasing cortisol. If, have you ever heard of cortisol? Let me know in the chat if you've ever heard of cortisol and you know what it does in the body. So cortisol is a stress hormone that increases blood sugar. So I just gave you the answer. <laughs> so cortisol is a stress hormone that increases blood sugar. And, but another thing that it does that is very detrimental to PCOS is it increases inflammation. So women with PCOS already have a low-grade inflammation going on all the time. So there's chronic inflammation that's going on with PCOS. And when we go keto, blood sugar goes down, the body's going to push out more cortisol, and that's going to increase inflammation. 
it's going to make inflammation worse. And now what's going to happen is there is no more blood sugar. There is no more sugar to raise the blood sugar, right? Because we already depleted the storage. So the cortisol will keep bumping it up and bumping it up and the body will release more and more insulin. And what we're left with is a state of inflammation where we're feeling fatigued, hair is falling off, thyroid is not doing well, I can't sleep, but I'm tired. Have you ever had a situation where you're exhausted, but you can't fall asleep? That is one of the signs of inflammation where you're so fatigued, but your body can't fall asleep. It can't go into that really relaxed, rested state. That is a sign of inflammation. And if your cortisol keeps getting higher and higher, you're going to have a hard time healing your body from PCOS. You're going to have a hard time reducing those symptoms, and you're constantly going to feel like something is off in your body. And that happens a lot with keto. So I don't like it because of insulin. I don't like it because of cortisol. I also know that if you're eating a keto diet, you're barely taking in any fiber. So if you're not taking fiber in, a few things are going to happen. Well, I want to talk about two things because I don't want to go off on too many tangents here. I want to give you the bottom line because my thing, if you're not familiar with me, if you're new to me, my thing is to give you practical advice things that you can use, you know the bottom line, you can go take action and achieve your goals. No fluff over here, all right? So if you need a little fluffy information that's padded with all kinds of nonsense, you're not in the right place. We're here gonna take action. We're gonna get down to business. So we're gonna talk about cortisol, which we already did. We talked about insulin. Estrogen is another important hormone that we wanna know about with PCOS. Some women with PCOS have high estrogen levels, some women have low estrogen levels. But what happens with keto is that we're not taking in fiber. And fiber is really important for estrogen because it helps the body get rid of estrogen. So if you're someone who has a hard time getting regular periods, or if you have heavy periods or signs of estrogen do dominance, estrogen dominance, I always get it tongue twisted, like your boobs get sore before your time of the month, or if you're, again, very moody, if you have a hard time with um, like feeling calm, falling asleep, all of those, those types of things are a sign of estrogen dominance. And if we're not taking in enough fiber, it means that the body can't get rid of estrogen because estrogen gets out of the body through poop. Did you know that? Did you know that in order to get your estrogen levels to the right amount to balance them, you got to poop every single day, girl. It's really, really important. And fiber is going to help you do that. So if you're not taking in fiber because you're not eating carbs and fiber comes mostly from carbs, right? Things like whole grains, sweet potatoes, um, oatmeal, all of those high fiber carbohydrates, you're omitting those on a keto diet and then you could become constipated. You could start having a new normal that is going every other day. And that's not normal for your estrogen. That's not what you want for your body to clear estrogen properly. So if you're having a lot of estrogen, you have to eat carbs, you have to eat fiber in order to detox that body from the excess estrogen because estrogen that's circulating in the body with no purpose is no good. It increases the risk of cancer. It can do a lot of different things that you don't want. And if there is no 
um, progesterone, most women with PCOS have low levels of progesterone. If that estrogen is going around the body without progesterone opposing it, because estrogen and progesterone are opposing hormones, that estrogen can turn into all kinds of bad things. It can impact your DNA. It can do all kinds of things that we don't want. So I don't want to get too deep into it, but all I want you to remember is that fiber is really important for healthy hormones and especially for estrogen. The third thing that I don't like, and it's also related to fiber, is that the keto diet can alter your gut bacteria. So you've probably heard that the gut bacteria is really important for health. So we know that it's not just good for pooping and for regulating your digestive issues if you have them. So if you have IBS, of course, you want your gut bacteria to be as balanced as possible, but it's also important to have good gut bacteria for your mood, anxiety, and depression. We now know are linked to that. Weight losses can be impacted. We also know that people have more cravings where their when their gut bacteria is not not balanced. I'm so passionate about it. I can't speak fast enough. So guys, you let me know in the comments if you want me to slow down. But gut bacteria needs fiber. That is the food that they feed on. So in order for your bacteria and your gut to thrive, they need to be getting a regular supply of fiber every single day so that they can ferment on it and multiply. That's how it works. So when we're going keto, we're not eating any fiber. Estrogen goes up, cortisol goes up, gut bacteria is slowly dying. Like the good guys, the good bacteria in the gut cannot be sustained because they don't get food. And now we have a gut that is mostly... Um, bacteria that's not good for us, right? The bad guys. So that could really impact your health. So that's another reason why I don't love keto for PCOS specifically. And the third reason that I'm going to give you is probably the most important. I really don't think it's sustainable. I really don't think that in 10 years, you want to still be doing the keto diet. But here's the thing. In 10 years, you're likely still going to have PCOS, right? Because we know PCOS can't be cured. It can be managed, right? But it can't really be reversed to the extent where it disappears. So if you were to go keto and even follow it for a year and then come off it, what would you do then? What would you be eating then? What kind of diet would you follow then? Because if you're not going to follow a good, healthy, balanced diet, chances are everything's going to come back. The weight's going to come back. The symptoms going to come back. Period's going to disappear. So we want something that's lifelong. We truly, I know it's cliche, but we really want a lifestyle that can be sustained forever. So if you're not seeing yourself, I always think about being a grandma sitting on my front porch on a rocking chair when I'm 70 or 80 and thinking, oh, I could really go for a keto bomb right now. Probably not going to happen, right? that's not how I want to be. And I don't want to be, you know, um, abstaining from bread and cookies and pasta and cake for the rest of my life. That to me is not appealing. So I'm going to, I would rather start off right. I would rather find a lifestyle that I can eat carbs. I can do things wisely. I can manage my symptom in a way that's sustainable because I want to be flexible. I want to be able to eat cake sometime. I want to be able to get a pizza sometime. I don't want to have to start over. So sometimes people will say, well, I'm going to go keto for three months and then I'll take a break for a month and then I'll do it again because it works for me. If you have to take a break from it, it's not working for you because I don't know about you, but I don't want to start over every few months. I don't want to be on a kick 
and then come off it, do what I need to do, and then go back on it and go through the keto flu again and get a new meal plan and do all that kind of stuff. That's not my idea of being healthy. So I really think that the biggest thing you need to consider is, is this sustainable? Does it fit into my lifestyle? Can I see myself doing this in 10 years? And what would that look like? Am I going to be enjoying it or am I going to be grumpy the whole time? And am I really okay with giving up all of these foods? Am I really okay with not being able to eat socially in a lot of situations, having to, you know, do a lot of prep? Because the one thing with keto is you got to prep. You got to do a lot of work up front in order to make it sustainable, in order for it to last. So these are the things that I want you to think about. Um, I want to look in the comments. There's a few of you here. Hey, guys, I see you, Mary and Dara and um, Kristen and Austin. I see you all. Thank you for being here. This is so exciting. I hope you found this helpful. Let me know in the comments if everything I said so far makes sense, if you have any questions, if you agree, if you disagree. I want to know it all, okay? So let's recap really quickly the three reasons that I mentioned today why I don't think keto is a good plan for PCOS. However, I'm going to repeat what I said in the beginning in case you missed it. If you do decide to go keto, if you do decide that you want to try it, I can help you. So I want to know if you do decide to do it, are you going to do it the right way, the healthy way, incorporating a lot of different healthy fats? And those are called mono and polyunsaturated fats. So you want to focus on those. So those are all the fats that come from plants, things like olives and nuts and seeds and um, olive oil and avocados and fatty fish like salmon. So for example, if you wanted to take a salad and say it was like a keto salad, it had a lot of cheese in it and maybe it had some bacon bits in it and things like that, and you wanted to swap it for a healthier alternative, so you wanted to still go keto but eat a salad that's healthier, so I would take that salad with the bacon bits, with the cheese, and maybe I would switch it to sliced avocado and pumpkin seeds, for example. So that would be one way to change the type of fat that you're eating in your salad and make it healthier, but still follow a keto plan. So that's just one quick example off the top of my head, because I wanted to show you what it would mean to swap to a healthy fat. So we talked about keto being bad for insulin resistance because of saturated fat. They really increase insulin resistance, making your body um, a little bit less metabolically efficient, which means you're going to see acne. You're going to see actually some weight gain after the initial weight loss period. Um, and then we also talked about insulin driving missing periods. And then the second thing we talked about are a bunch of hormones. So we talked about keto increasing cortisol. We don't want that because that drives inflammation. We also spoke about keto being low fiber, and that's not good for your gut bacteria. It's also no, not good for your estrogen levels. We want fiber so we can poop the extra estrogen out. Then we talked about it not being sustainable. One thing I forgot to mention that I'm now remembering is that the other hormone that you know, really is impacted with keto is thyroid. Women with PCOS are at a much higher risk of thyroid problems. A lot of my clients have PCOS and hypothyroidism together. And with keto, we're seeing that getting worse because carbs are needed for two hormones called T3 and T4, which are both thyroid hormones that help the thyroid function optimally. 
So when we're not eating carbs, that those two hormones are like, where are my carbs? I can't function like this. I need to, to get more carbs in the system in order for those two hormones to support the function of the thyroid. So that's another important thing that I forgot to mention. So I'm not a fan of keto, but I'm not against it either. Do it right and I will support you or find a healthcare professional, a dietitian, or another practitioner who can help guide you through this process so you can be confident that you're doing it the right way. Okay? All right, let's see. So Dara, you say that totally makes sense. Yeah, yep, 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 yeah, absolutely. Estrogen is really important for women with PCOS. So we want to know all about how to get rid of it because excess estrogen is not good. Very um, bad for the body. It makes you have all kinds of symptoms of estrogen dominance, and it also increases the risk for cancer. Uh, what's your opinion? I knew someone would ask that. Leah, great question. What's your opinion on coconut oil as a healthy fat? So... I think extra virgin coconut oil has a place in our diet. I have no problem with it. It's delicious. I know a lot of people like to cook with it. I would keep it to one tablespoon or two per day, no more than that, because it is saturated. So extra virgin coconut oil has something called butyrate, which is a healthier type of saturated fat. So I'm okay with that, but I don't want someone eating a whole lot of it in your day. So I like to use coconut oil like one tablespoon, either when I'm sauteing vegetables or sometimes I will put unsweetened coconut flakes in my yogurt or smoothie just for the extra healthy fat. But you got to watch the amounts, okay? So it's not kind of a, an unlimited thing just because it's better for you. It's still highly saturated. Austin says, yes, keto felt unsustainable to me and I really didn't get the results my, my husband did. I know for some reason, men do fairly well on keto, but for PCOS, not my favorite, definitely. So I'm glad you tried it. You got to try it. You got to see what works for your body, right? So you can never go off of someone else's results. Try it for yourself. Get a feel for it. I always say, try it on for size. See how it fits. If it doesn't fit, move on. Don't try to force it. Your body will tell you what's working. Okay. All right. So we got two questions that I'm going to answer and let me just scroll back. Oh gosh. I'm going uh, live from my phone because my computer's acting up and um, I have to scroll back to see your comments. How do you feel about grapeseed oil? It's great. I love it. That's a perfect choice. Yeah. Go for it. All righty. Um, I have no problem with grapeseed oil. Um, okay. So Amy sent me an article. I don't know if you guys saw it. So Amy sent an article where um, her mo your mom sent you an article and you wanted me to take a look at it, where I wanted to take a look at it. So it was actually not a research study. It was just an article. It was written by a dietitian. So that was good. Sometimes it's written by people who don't really have any credentials. So I always like to double check. So what was said in that article was about all the benefits of keto. And I'm not denying that keto can be beneficial for some women with PCOS. But again, you have to do it right. And you have to think if it's going to be sustainable for you. What I've seen from research and what I know from my experience, the way people do keto is rarely correct. It's rarely the way that I would recommend they do it because they're eating too many saturated fats. They're not supplementing any fiber and they're just going fat, 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 protein, protein, protein. That's not beneficial for PCOS. And there's actually not a lot of studies that show that a traditional keto diet is good for PCOS. All the studies that refer to keto 
actually have 40 or, or 45% of the calories coming from carbs. They're calling it keto, but that's not a keto diet. So there's a little bit of a mix up with the definition. It's a little loosely defined. So sometimes people, like I said in the beginning, think every low carb diet is keto. It's not. So if you're following a plan that has 30 or 40% of your calories coming from carbohydrates and you're not eating 70% of your calories from fat, that's not a keto diet. That's just a low-carb diet. And those are going to be beneficial. So in that article, um, Amy, that you sent me, that I, that I read, they're, they're, they're not really specifying what they're talking about. And the research is not that great. So I, I don't... I, I don't I still, in my book, it's still not a good way to go unless someone is doing it with the right guidance. Okay. Um, Dara, you asked a question um, about the timing of meals. So it was a great question. So I want to address it. So you said, I've always heard that three meals and three snacks per day are good. However, I read an article saying that people with insulin resistance should only eat three meals a day. Have you heard this before? Yes and yes, absolutely. So I totally agree with that. I think that the women who do best in my practice eat three meals a day and they, they don't snack. They definitely don't snack three times a day. So you're going to see better results if you're making your meals bigger and you're allowing that time between for rest, for digestion, right? So your body needs time to break down the food. Your body needs time to really burn it off. If we're eating every two, three hours, you're constantly getting a supply of food into your body and that's gonna increase insulin because every time food comes into the system, the brain says, all right, insulin, go do your job, go burn it off, go get the sugar into the cells, go do all the things. But if your insulin levels are already increased, from PCOS, believe, you know, you can, you can imagine what happens every time you're eating two hours, two hours, two hours, all these little snacks and meals keep piling on the insulin. We don't want that. So yes, I see women do much better with three meals and maybe one snack. So if you have a really long gap between your meals, you're going to want to put a snack in there so that you're not starving. So the point is that for nobody really to be feeling hungry, right? I don't want you going hungry throughout your day, but I also don't want you snacking every couple hours because that's going to increase insulin levels and it's going to make it harder for you to lose weight, even if you're eating a low calorie diet. So hopefully this answered your question. Um, let me know if not, if you want me to talk more about it, but generally speaking, three meals per day, one snack if you need it and then make those meals bigger so they hold you over longer. So add some fats, add a good amount of protein, lots of vegetables, some fiber in there so that the meal feels substantial and you can go for maybe even five hours without eating. You're going to see much better results with that. So I'm actually going to talk about this in detail on my upcoming masterclass on Tuesday. So I hope you're all registered. It's going to be Tuesday at 7 p.m. And I also have one on Thursday at 1 p.m. And I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm doing one on Saturday at 5 p.m. as well. So Tuesday at 7 p.m., Thursday at 1 p.m. And I'm going to open up the Saturday 5 p.m. one. So hopefully one of these times is going to work for you and you're going to join me live because I'm going to be talking all about three expert secrets to a PCOS weight loss plan that actually works. 
I can't wait. It's going to be great. I'm spilling all the beans. I'm going to tell you what my clients are doing right now that's working really well. So go to dafnachazen.com forward slash masterclass and you can grab a time that works for you there. I'm going to open up the Saturday one probably tomorrow or uh, Monday so that you can grab a spot to that one if a weekend works best for you. All right. Can't wait to see you there. I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.